but above all, he could wait. Wait as the cycles of men turned like the wheel of stars, as the very stars shifted pattern under the press of years. There would come a time when the watch slackened, when one of the five guardians would falter. Then could he, in darkest secrecy, exert his strength to summon aid. And there would come a day when Rakoth, Malgrim, would be free in Fionavar. And a thousand years passed under the sun and stars in the first of all the worlds. Part One Silver Cloak Chapter One In the spaces of calm, almost lost in what followed, the question of why tended to surface. Why them? There was an easy answer that had to do with Isan, beside her lake, but that didn't really address the deepest question. Kimberly, white-haired, would say when asked that she could sense a glimmered pattern when she looked back, but one need not be a seer to use hindsight on the warp and weft of the tapestry, and Kim, in any event, was a special case. With only the professional faculties still in session, the quadrangles and shaded paths of the University of Toronto campus would normally have been deserted by the beginning of May, particularly on a Friday evening. That the largest of the open spaces was not served to vindicate the judgment of the organisers of the Second International Celtic Conference. In adapting their timing to suit certain prominent speakers, the conference administrators had run the risk that a good portion of their potential audience would have left for the summer by the time they got underway. At the brightly lit entrance to Convocation Hall, the besieged security guards might have wished this to be the case. An astonishing crowd of students and academics, bustling like a rock audience with pre-concert excitement, had gathered to hear the man for whom, principally, the late starting date had been arranged. Lorenzo Marcus was speaking and chairing a panel that night, in the first public appearance ever for the reclusive genius, and it was going to be standing room only in the august precincts of the domed auditorium. The guards searched out forbidden tape recorders and waved ticket holders through with expressions benevolent or inimical, as their natures dictated. Bathed in the bright spill of light and pressed by the milling crowd, they did not see the dark figure that crouched in the shadows of the porch, just beyond the farthest circle of the lights. For a moment the hidden creature observed the crowd. Then it turned, swiftly and quite silently, and slipped around the side of the building. There, where the darkness was almost complete, it looked once over its shoulder and then, with unnatural agility, began to climb, hand over hand, up the outer wall of Convocation Hall. In a very little while, the creature, which had neither ticket nor tape recorder, had come to rest beside a window set high in the dome above the hall. Looking down past the glittering chandeliers, it could see the audience and the stage, brightly lit and far below. Even at this height, and through the heavy glass, the electric murmur of sound in the hall could be heard. The creature, clinging to the arched window, allowed a smile of lean pleasure to flit across its features. Had any of the people in the highest gallery turned just then to admire the windows of the dome, they might have seen it, a dark shape against the night. But no one had any reason to look up, and no one did. 
On the outside of the dome the creature moved closer against the window-pane and composed itself to wait. There was a good chance it would kill later that night. The prospect greatly facilitated patience and brought a certain anticipatory satisfaction, for it had been bred for such a purpose, and most creatures are pleased to do what their nature dictates. Dave Martinuk stood like a tall tree in the midst of the crowd that was swirling like leaves through the lobby. He was looking for his brother, and he was increasingly uncomfortable. It didn't make him feel any better when he saw the stylish figure of Kevin Lane coming through the door with Paul Schaefer and two women. Dave was in the process of turning away. He didn't feel like being patronised just then, when he realised that Lane had seen him. Martinuk, what are you doing here?' Hello, Lane. My brother's on the panel. Vince Martinuk. Of course, Kevin said. He's a bright man.